And we're going to go to verse 20 of 2 Chronicles 20. And today we'll call this 2020 vision. Praise the Lord. In other words, God gives you vision for your future. And it happens to be 2 Chronicles chapter 20 and verse 20. And we are going to read verse 20. And they rose early in the morning and went forth into the wilderness of Tekoa. And as they went forth, Jehoshaphat stood and said, Hear me, O Judah and inhabitants of Jerusalem. Believe in the Lord your God, so shall you be established. Believe his prophets so shall you prosper. Believe in the Lord your God, so shall you be established. Believe his prophets, so shall you prosper. The setting of this verse, which will not take time to read all of this or even preach on all of it, but I'll just give you a little bit of the setting or background. Uh, There are uh, three armies that are coming against the children of Israel. So the odds are stacked against them. It is an impossible odds. There's no way that they're going to win naturally. Uh, They're on the losing end before the fight begins. And so naturally, there's no way they're going to overcome this adversary or these enemies that are coming against them. And so Jehoshaphat calls out to God, cries out to God, talks to the Lord about this situation. And as he is seeking the Lord and set themselves to seek the Lord, uh, the Spirit of God came upon Jehaziel the prophet. He began to prophesy to them. And uh, he said, stand still and you'll see the salvation of the Lord. He said, you'll not need to fight in this battle. The battle's not yours, but God's. And God always has a plan for your victory. Amen. So in the natural, when it doesn't look like you have any place of victory, there's always victory found in Christ. There is always victory if you choose to follow God in this uh, situation and God will get you through it and he'll get you out of it and he'll get you to the other side. Amen. So in the middle of this, Jehoshaphat, just before they're going out uh, to face the adversary uh, in battle, he said, believe in the Lord your God and you shall be established. In other words, believe God's word and you'll be established. If you believe in the Lord your God, believe his word, follow his word, then you will be established in your life. And then secondly, he said, believe his prophets and you shall prosper. And the prophetic word had come forth. They had heard that word, believed that word. He said, now he's just reemphasized the word of the Lord has come to us. And by inspiration of the Holy Spirit, now we must believe his prophets and we will prosper in this endeavor. Amen. And so... Uh, whether, uh, you know, you get a prophetic word in your own life and the word of the Lord comes to you in your own heart, whether uh, a prophetic word comes to you or whether perhaps you're a pastor, myself, I may have a word from God and you hear that word, you believe that word, and you act on that word and it brings prosperity and blessing to your life. So the Holy Spirit can give you a word in your situation or give you a word in your season of difficulty or uh, challenge in your life and God will get you through it. In this particular case, uh, they simply... Uh, gave instruction to the singers, and they said, you get out front. Instead of fighting in this battle, we're going to sing our way to victory. And you're simply to say, praise the Lord for his mercy 
endures forever. Praise the Lord for his mercy endures forever. So they kept singing, praise the Lord for his mercy endures forever. And while they were singing, it says the Lord said ambushment and they began to kill one another. One army started fighting against each other and they killed each other. And then uh, they, uh, the other one, the last one that was left, they just started fighting against each other and killed one another. So uh, after it was all said and done, it said the children of Israel, they just came in and they took the spoil because uh, all of them had killed each other. You know, the devil, he'd just stir up people to kill each other. And so they just came in and they picked up the spoil. And it took them three days to gather the spoil. It was so much. Then they began to praise the Lord and bless the Lord in the valley of Baraka, which is a valley of blessing. So there they bless the Lord for his blessing in their life. So when it looks like you're faced with impossible odds and it is not going to happen for you, God will bring you through the battle. He'll bring you to the other side just by praising him and singing the victory. In praise to God and praise the Lord for he is good and his mercy endures forever. Amen. And so God took care of business. Amen. And God can take care of things in your life and you could come to this place of victory no matter what has happened. And God's prosperity came to them because they believed his prophets so shall you prosper. Amen. And so they picked up the spoil. I mean, you know, if you went to the bank and it took you three days to get it back to your house... How many would be happy about that? Right? And I didn't say rob the bank. I said, it's your stuff, right? All right. So you have gained it in battle. All right. Let's go to 2 Kings, please. We're going to go to 2 Kings. We're going to go to chapter 4. 2 Kings chapter 4. This is a story of a woman who was in a very difficult situation, very uh, challenging situation, and uh, she cries out to the prophet in that situation that she found herself in, no fault of her own, (laughs) but it says in verse 1, now there cried a certain woman of the wives of the sons of the prophets unto Elisha, saying, thy servant, my husband, is dead. And thou knowest that thy servant did fear the Lord. And the creditor is come to take unto him my two sons to be bondmen. So this is a very difficult situation. This woman, her husband has died. He's left her in great debt. In other words, uh, he didn't plan for the future. And so in this case, he's left her in a lot of debt. She is in such debt that the creditors are coming and they're going to take her two sons to be bondmen so that the debt would be paid off by their labor. Well, in this case, she cries out to Elisha, the prophet, because her husband feared the Lord. He was a good man. He loved God. He was one of the sons of the prophet. In other words, he was training to follow uh, the anointing of the prophet Elisha. And so he's one of the sons of the prophets. He's a good man, but he just didn't plan for the future. Obviously, he didn't have any insurance policy. Right? And uh, I'm sure they didn't have insurance policy, but you can plan for the future. 
And so uh, he didn't have any insurance policy. He didn't have any future plan financially. He is in debt, and he's left that debt in his wife's lap when he died. So she's in this great dilemma, impossible situation, no, uh, no good situation about this at all, nothing good about it. Her husband has died. She's losing her two sons to the creditors, and she doesn't have any, any personal livelihood to even take care of herself, much less her sons. And so she cries out to the prophet Elisha. Well, what happens? Verse 2, and Elisha said unto her, what shall I do for thee? Tell me, what hast thou in thy house? And she said, Thine handmaiden hath not anything in the house save a pot of oil. This is all I have. She didn't have anything to eat. She has a little oil in a pot, a pot of oil. That's all she's got. So she's so in debt, that's all she's got. So she says, All I have is a pot of oil. And the prophet asked her a simple question What do you have in your house? You see this in Scripture, miracles take place when you use what you have, when you do something with what you have in your hand. And so God is not asking you what somebody else has. He asks you, what do you have? It's accepted. I just read a Scripture during the offering time. It's accepted according to that a man has, and not according to that he has not. So God never asks you to give something you don't have. He never asks for something from you that you don't have the ability to give. But he does ask you for something. What do you have? What do you have in your house? She says, I, I just have a pot of oil. That's all I have. Well, let's go to verse 3. Then he said, Go borrow the vessels abroad of all thy neighbors. Even empty vessels borrow not a few. So just go borrow a lot of different empty vessels. From your neighbors, and when thou art come in, thou shalt shut the door upon thee and upon thy sons, and shalt pour, it, pour out into all those vessels, and thou shalt set aside that which is full. So she went from him, and shut the door upon her and upon her sons, who brought the vessels to her, and she poured out. And it came to pass, when, she, when the vessels were full, that she said unto her son, Bring me yet a vessel. And he said unto her, There are, is not a vessel more. And the oil stayed. So she had the potential of a greater miracle than she received. In other words, they determined the size of their miracle by their faith to borrow vessels. So it's a simple act of faith. Go borrow vessels. Take it into your house, shut the door behind you, and begin to pour. And the number of vessels that they had borrowed, God supernaturally multiplied the oil and filled every barrel or every jar. Are you with me? So they determined the size of their miracles by their action. So your act of faith can determine a greater size of miracle in your life. So in this case... Obviously, it was a supernatural multiplication situation. Let's go to the next verse. In verse 7, And she came and told the man of God, and he said, Go and sell the oil and pay thy debt, and live thou and thy children of the rest. Go and do what? Sell the oil 
pay your debt, and live, you and your sons, of the rest that is left over. So here she has enough to pay off her debt. Her sons are free. She doesn't lose her sons. She's already lost her husband. But she stands to lose her sons and her own personal life as well because she has no resource and no, no possible way to even take care of her own self, much less her children. But now God has supernaturally multiplied the oil, and as long as they poured, it kept pouring. As long as they had a vessel to pour into, it kept pouring, and supernaturally it is multiplied to the point that all of her debts are canceled. So we could call this supernatural debt cancellation. Amen? So God steps into her situation. Now, certainly I would encourage you to uh, plan for your future. I would encourage you to have some resources for your future and, and plan. You know, many times people don't even have uh, money to pay for their burial. It's common in our society. People don't even have money to pay uh, when they die, pay for their burial, to uh, take care of that. And that in itself is left to the family to kind of figure out how are we going to pay for this? How are we going to take care of Mom or dad or, or, or sister or brother or sibling or friend or somebody that they love. And so uh, they're left with nothing. Are you with me? So I would encourage you to plan. And I would encourage you to plan with a 2020 vision. In other words, be able to see your future. Well, in the case of uh, 2 Chronicles 2020, they had a word from God. They had clear direction from God, what to do, how to do it. And everything actually was not told them by the prophet. Even to put the singers out in front was not told to them by the prophet. He just said, stand still and see the salvation of the Lord. He just said, the battle's not yours, but it's God's. And so they just have to uh, then... Decide what they're going to do with that word from God, right? So you have a word from God, a word from the Lord. You know uh, that the Holy Spirit has given you some direction. And then you start acting on that and doing what you know to do to see the will of God done. So 2020 vision, when you have a vision from God or clarity concerning your future, you're able to see further than you could see. Some of you, if you, a couple of years ago, know that I had an accident. I had a fall and, and uh, cracked seven uh, bones in my, in my face. And also, it uh, did some damage to my eye. And so, I began to confess the Word of God and thank God every day for His healing and restoration. And bones would be knit back together. And uh, then also, for my eyes, I claim perfect soundness for my eyes based on Acts chapter 3 and verse 16. Through faith in His name, have perfect soundness. So I claim perfect soundness. And so over that period of time, you know, one time I came to church and I wore contacts at the time and or, or glasses, but mainly contacts. And so I, I came and sat on the platform. I'm looking at the back screen and, and endeavoring to read what is up there. And so it's like, mm, I don't know. Did I put my contacts in? What's going on? So I went back to the minister's lounge. Just check. Yeah, I got my contacts in. But obviously something's not right. So I take them out, come back out, sit down. I can read. And so <laughs> praise the Lord. So I went to the eye doctor and uh, checked it out. He said, you got 20-20 vision. Well, it's an, at that time, it was not exactly perfect, but you don't need any glasses. You don't need any contacts. But we claim perfect soundness. Amen? Somebody say perfect soundness. So that was a supernatural miracle for me, a, super, a supernatural restoration beyond what it was before. I'm thankful. 
I don't have to wear contacts. I don't have to wear glasses. I don't need them for a fashion statement. So, you know, I'm very glad that I don't, don't have to wear glasses or don't have to wear uh, contacts at this time. But why, why is that helpful? Obviously, I can see further and I can see clearer where I couldn't before. And so the Holy Spirit can give us spiritual vision. He can help us to see further down the road, plan for our future, and also see clearer and know clearly what you're to do and the action that you're to take so that you can be a success not only now, but in your future. In other words, don't spend all you get. All right, what do you do? You give first. Amen? You give first. You honor God first. And if you always put God first, seek first the kingdom of God, always tithe first and give your offerings first and then say, Father, now I've got this left. I've got to manage my life with this. I want to save some money and I'll spend some money, take care of my responsibilities, pay my debts, and what? Live on the rest. Amen? So you give, you save, and you spend. Rather than spend so you don't have any to save and spend so you say, well, I can't afford to give, I'd say give first, save, and spend. Amen? And so when you do so, God helps you to plan for your future so that your future is blessed as well as your present. Are you with me? All right, so then in this case, the man had not planned. He obviously didn't have 20-20 vision. Even though he was a good person, even though he was a good man, even though he was a godly man, even though he loved God, even though he was serving God, even though he was doing good things, he didn't plan. So we want to plan. As a church, we plan. And if you plan for success, then you are more likely to actually have it. In your individual life, if you plan for success, you're more likely to enjoy it, right? So be a planner, plan for your future, and let the Lord bless you and take steps of faith. In this case, this woman had to take a step of faith, didn't she? We as well have to take steps of faith. And when we get a word from God, just like she did, then we have to take steps of faith toward that to see the fulfillment of the promise and the blessings of God in our life. Let's go to the New Testament, and we'll see in the life of Jesus. Matthew. We're going to go to Matthew chapter 17, and we're going to read beginning with verse 24. Matthew chapter 17 and verse 24. And when they were come to Capernaum, they received tribute money. They that received tribute money came to Peter and said, Does not your master pay tribute or taxes? He saith, Yes. And when he was come into the house, Jesus prevented him, saying, What thinkest thou, Simon, Simon Peter, of whom do the kings of the earth take custom or tribute of their own children or strangers? And Peter saith unto him, Of strangers. And Jesus saith unto him, Then are the children free. He said, Notwithstanding, lest we should offend them, go thou to the sea and cast and hook, And take up the fish that first cometh up, and when thou hast opened his mouth, thou shalt find a piece of money. That take and give unto them for me and for thee. So, here's Jesus. He needs to pay his taxes. He's no longer working as a carpenter. 
right? He needs to pay his taxes. And Peter, he's no longer a commercial fisherman, so he's, he needs to pay his taxes. And so uh, Jesus gives him a simple word. Jesus is a prophet as well as an apostle, prophet, evangelist, pastor, and teacher. He's all five of them wrapped in one. So Jesus has all the ministry gifts operating in him. And so Jesus is a prophet. He says, this is what you do. Peter knows how to fish, but he tells Peter what to do. He says, go out there to the sea, let a hook down, catch a fish. First fish that comes up, look in his mouth. So to make fishermen look in their fish's mouth. So, so look in his mouth. There will be a piece of money there. Then you take that money and you go pay the taxes. Now, I'm not telling you to go to Lake Mead. I'm not telling you to go to the lakes or go to the river and see if you can catch a fish. And your money is going to be there. Notice in each case, each person has their own word from God. In other words, you can't just say, well, this is what happened uh, in the Bible, or this is what happened in John's life, or, uh, or Roy's life, or someone else's life, and so therefore it ought to work for me the same way. No, you have to get your own word from God. This woman got a word from God. Her word from God was go and uh, just borrow some vessels, and borrow not a few, borrow a lot of vessels, and pour the oil in there, and And God multiplied the oil, right? Now, Peter's word from God is go fish. First fish, there's money in the mouth of the fish. Take that money, go pay your taxes. So in both cases, they had their own individual word from God. And in both cases, they acted on what they heard from God. Isn't that right? And so when they acted on the word that they received from God, then they received debt cancellation supernatural debt cancellation. In other words, when you do what you know to do based on the Word of God and you do what you know to do based on an inspired Word from God and direction from God the Holy Spirit gives you, then you act on that and what happens? God puts His super on your natural. Amen. God kicks in and His anointing kicks in on your behalf and supernatural debt cancellation occurs. Now, I don't know if Charles, Charles and Deborah do taxes here, so uh, I don't know if Charles has ever had anybody come into his uh, place of business and said, I, I, I was fishing, you know, yesterday, <laughs> and I found some money, and I, I need to pay those taxes off, you know. I've been, uh, actually, it's been years of it. I, I need to pay it all off. So all my back taxes, I need to take care of that. I don't know. Charles, you ever had anybody do that? No? Okay. They're usually coming to Charles like, now, Charles, I got this. What am I going to do? How am I going to do this? And so he and Deborah help them work through it, and uh, they get their tax debt erased. Amen? Supernatural debt cancellation. And they've helped people many times to do that. And so God has a way of supernaturally erasing debt. But you got to do your part. In other words, you got to plan. You got to have 2020 vision. You can't, you know, just say, I owe, I owe, so off to work I go, and that's your only answer. 
Amen. You, you got to have a plan of action and what you're going to do with that debt instead of buy more, store, more stuff. You know, I got money in my hand. My, my pockets are really hot right now. I got to go. I got to go buy something new. I got to have something else. Instead of spending all your money, you got to save some money and plan for your future. All right? So, I mean, it's fun to get new stuff, but it's not so fun when they send you that bill at the end of the month, right? And so uh, you challenge yourself, challenge yourself to pay off some of those debts so that you're not overridden with debt every month of your life. Amen? And you have peace at the end of the month and at the first of the month. Amen? Why? Because you're, you're, you're not so overridden with debt and, and living in fear. And certainly you don't want the IRS calling you. Right? Nobody wants the IRS calling them. Praise the Lord. Y'all want me to move on from that subject? I'm sure you do. All right, let's go to 2 Kings again. We're going to go to 2 Kings, and we're going to go to this time to chapter 6. Another miracle, another supernatural debt cancellation miracle. So in verse 1 of chapter 6 of 2 Kings, And the sons of the prophets said unto Elisha, Behold, now the place where we dwell with thee is too straight for us. Too straight, meaning it's too narrow, too confined, or too small. It's just too small for us. Here's the sons of the prophets, another story of the sons of the prophets. And and, and they think this place that we're dwelling in and that we're trying to do ministry in is just too small. So Elisha, they're calling out to the prophet. Lead prophet in this case. And they're asking, what can we do here? Let us go, we pray thee, unto Jordan, and take thence every man a beam. And let us make us a place there where we may dwell. And he answered, go ye. So Elisha gave him the green light, go. And one said, be content, I pray thee, and go with thy servants. And he answered, I will go. So he said, yes, I will go. So he went with them, and when he came to Jordan, they cut down wood. And as one was felling a beam, the axe head fell into the water. And he cried and said, Alas, master, for it was borrowed. Now, we all probably have borrowed something. You know, sometimes people borrow tools. I know I remember one time I borrowed a sander, vibrate a sander. You know, and it was working good. And then it started going, uh, 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 uh. it started grunting a little more. It started slowing down, and it grunted one last time. And it died. You know, now I got to go buy my friend a sander. It would have been better for me if I had just went and bought a sander. Right? Now I got to buy him a new sander. I bought myself a new sander, maybe it would have worked through the whole job, and then I'd have had a sander. Next time I need a sander, got a sander. So we've all probably borrowed stuff, and it broke when we, when we were using it, right? So here this guy, he's borrowing an axe. He's not a lumberjack, you know, and that's not his trade. He's a son of the prophet. He's, uh, he's working with Elisha. He's following Elisha, doing what he knows to do, right? And so uh, in obedience to God, but... Uh, they want to build a house for the, for the Lord and for themselves. And so uh, they, they get out there. He borrows an axe. 
And sure enough, while he's cutting that tree down, that axe head fell off, flew off. Has anybody ever had that happen? You feel like, man, you are so strong. That was an easy hit. But it didn't have an axe head on the top. You know, you lost the head. You lost the axe head. Or you lost, you know, if it's a sledgehammer, the head came off. You know, the old tools usually, you know, were wood handles. And they had the tendency of something coming off. Well, not, not as much today because tools are built a little bit better in different ways. that They last a little better when it comes to that. But uh, the, the case here is the axe head flew off the end. Well, so it went in the water. Oh, master, it was borrowed. What am I going to do? You ever felt that way? It was borrowed. What am I going to do? That bill comes. It was borrowed. What am I going to do? And then another one comes. Borrowed. My sofa's borrowed. My TV's borrowed. In other words, it's on a lending program here. You borrowed it. You know, you borrowed money to buy it. And now the bill comes. You had two years and you didn't even have to pay. But today is payday, right? And the bill shows up. So what do you got to do? You got to deal with it, right? Oh, it was borrowed. I was just enjoying it for two years, but now I got to pay for it. So here he goes. Alas, master, it was borrowed. And the man of God said, where fell it? Where did it fall? And he showed him the place, and he cut down a stick. And he cast it thither, and the iron did swim. Now, I think everybody in the room has the level of information and knowledge that iron does not swim. In other words, an iron uh, axe head is not going to float. This is, this is not your boat. This is iron and it sank deep into the water, right? So he put that stick and supernaturally it floated. Well, what do you do now? Well, you don't just stand there and look at it. It says, therefore, said he, take it up to thee and, put a, and he put out his hand and took it. In other words, he received his miracle. You know, sometimes God does miracles and people don't even receive them. It's very true. They don't even recognize a blessing when it shows up. And they don't receive it. Well, God required in each of these cases that they had to do something. And if you look throughout the Bible, everybody has to take action. Faith is not just believing. Faith is also speaking and it's also action. It's doing something. Doing something with what you know to do, and in each case, they had something that they were to do. So if you want to receive a miracle from God, you got to act on what you believe. All right, if you got a word from God, and I believe that debt cancellation, in this case, in each of these uh, stories here, was supernatural, wasn't it? And so if God would supernaturally cancel debt for these people, I believe God is supernaturally canceling debt on this church. And I believe that God will also give you a word from God, and your word may be, do it. Amen. Just go for it. And so uh, the word of the Lord to us is to get this sanctuary out of debt. So that's why we're doing it. 
Well, you have to have 20-20 vision. In other words, you have to see a little ways down the road. You can't just say, well, tomorrow I'll get that done. Well, if somebody gave us a few million dollars, sure, we could just take that uh, and, and pay the debt off and we're done, right? We could have done that immediately, but that's not what, the way it happened. So we planned, we made a plan, and we believed God to help us to erase the debt and erase it in a three-year period of time. So we've been working on it for almost two years now, and you see how far we've come? Well, if you have 20-20 vision, you see what's in your future. You make a plan, and you plan for success. You don't want to just die. You understand? Do you don't want to just die and leave the debt for somebody else? No, you want to plan for success. And so we're planning for success. We're planning. We're getting things out of debt. And then we can move forward with the vision that God has given to us for the East, right? In other words, we can uh, build a larger sanctuary and we can make room for the harvest and we can do what God has called us to do as a church. But you can't always do it all in a day. You can't always do it in a week or a month. And you can't always do it all in a year. You have to plan for the future. So therefore, we've planned. We've erased a lot of the debt. And we believe this year is our complete debt cancellation supernatural debt cancellation year that 2020 is our year to erase this debt get it done get it finished it is over and we don't send money to the bank we put money in the bank amen we put money into the bank and we're able to prepare for the future vision that God has given us to build and to enlarge. Amen. Just like these people had a desire to enlarge their place for ministry. And they had this desire to enlarge and they asked the prophet of God, uh, can we do this? He said, yes, I'm with you. I'll go with you. And so God is with us. How many believe God is with us in this endeavor? And if God be for us, who or what can be against us? And so I believe while we're getting this house, this church, this building out of debt, I believe God is helping you to erase household debt in your life. So my encouragement to you is to believe that God is erasing debt supernaturally in your life. Take some steps that you know to take and do some practical things and act in faith, and while you're doing that, let God put his super on your natural, and God make some things happen, and turn your debt around. Amen. In other words, erases debt in your life, and captivity is no longer your reward. Amen. In other words, you're not getting all those bills every month, every month, every month, every month, every month, every month faithfully. Amen. I'm going to glad that God wants you to be out of debt, and he doesn't want you to. Uh, listen, everybody say it with me. Out of debt, out of debt. with no sweat. With no sweat. Say it again. Out of debt, out of debt. With, no sweat. with no sweat. Doesn't mean you don't work hard. Doesn't mean you don't make effort. Simply means you're not going to worry about it. You're going to believe God, and you're going to act in faith, and God's going to help you erase debt in your life. In Jesus' name, amen.